0: You're listening to Tailgate Country. Welcome back everyone to the Tailgate Country podcast. We are joined by another special guest. His name is AJ Gadio.
1: If I got that one What's right. What's going on? Yes, you did. <laughs> how are you today? I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing?
2: Real good. good. So I guess um, if you just want to start off, tell us about your background and some musical influences and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, um, I've been in Nashville for about five years now. i from Cincinnati, Ohio. Grew up not playing music. I didn't start playing music until my high school girlfriend broke up with me. And I started writing songs. And I needed someone to play. And I didn't even know how to play guitar at that point. And uh, so yeah, that was kind of how I started. And then I got a degree in education. I never really used it moved to Nashville as soon as I got out of college. And that's kind of how we got to here as a Short version
0: of it. Well, to relate a little bit, um I've got my Ohio shirt on. I'm down in Texas, but I am from Ohio. We're actually well part, both in Ohio, Cleveland.
2: Okay, cool. I'm
0: yeah, from Columbus. Dude, I
2: went
1: to, so dude, I so. went to Ohio Dominican. If you can see my oh, shirt, I went yeah, to Ohio you, Dominican oh, for two years. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we, we yeah, met dude. at uh
0: we met at Bowling Green. So yeah, we went to Bowling, okay, Bowling cool. Green together. Nazi, so. Right up the road, actually.
1: Cool. Um, you both make it all the way.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yep. we sure did. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and I also didn't use my degree.
1: <laughs> I dude most of us don't no
0: um, but okay well we'll we'll start off uh, with this you know I'll be honest I really don't uh, dabble too much into co- pop country or country pop mm-hmm. so I want to hear from you how do you define country music
1: dude country music is different for everyone like you know I grew up and I didn't grow up like in the farms I grew up in a, a little suburb of Cincinnati Ohio right and you know, there were, like, we had farm kids, but they were fewer and far between. Like, you got some of these kids down here from, you know, like, Georgia or whatever, and everyone seems to have grown up on a farm. But, I mean, we all grew up listening to the same music. I still went to Riverband in Cincinnati and partied my butt off and went to the H2O Brad Paisley tours just like everybody else. Like, I mean, if it's, if it's got that kind of soul to it, you can, you can tell what's country and what's not. And I think there's a spectrum of it and what might be kind of country to somebody else isn't country for someone else. But I think there's probably a line to that at some point, both ways. But um, I don't know, man, everything's kind of, you know, changing and blending together. And I think if it comes down to, if you can play that song on an acoustic guitar, you can <laughs> produce a song a million different ways, right? Like, I bet you if you gave, if you if you told, you know, like Co Wetzel, that's a a Texas dude, you gave him the lyrics to old town road, whatever. And you said, sing this without like any kind of melody. He could, he could find a way to make that thing sound country as shit, you know? So it all comes down to production and whatnot, but like, if it's, if the song's country, it's going to be kind of country.
0: So then you mentioned Co Wetzel. Um, Who would you consider industry leaders um you know in in country and more specifically the subgenre of pop country
1: dude um i don't know about leaders but like you know they just got people that are like kind of smashing down some of the boundaries like i'm not ashamed to admit dude that Breland guy i love that I i'd say i love three of the seven songs on there but like it's all solid production and like you know it's i don't know like these smashing boundaries um Jordan Davis, I think, is really underrated. He's got some really cool songs. Um, "Church and a Chevy" just like,
2: yeah, God. Awesome. Melody's yeah. great.
1: It's it's country as hell, dude. So like, kind of think, There's all kinds of people. Um, our buddy Spencer's killing it. Spencer Crandall on hot country and all those kind of things. Um, and he's doing it, you know, like the social media TikTok kind of way.
2: Yeah, I've seen and, him
1: all over TikTok. No, you know, no deals, no nothing. He's completely independent. Um. But yeah, I mean I mean then you also you got the dudes on radio that are you know FGLs going pop country as heck too. So like I think that's a yeah, pretty I good little. I I like to hear
0: the uh you know the other stances because you know I'll I'll be the first to admit that sometimes like I'll take a stance against songs. I'm like, you know what? That's too pop. But like you said, it's a spectrum. Like it's too mm-hmm. pop for me but we specifically, and he's, he's not here today. He had to work. Um, Our third guy, Brian, it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not too poppy for him. He loves it. Right. And it's country music. And I, you know, it comes down to the lyrics I think um, often and what you can relate to, but what, what would you tell somebody who might not give pop country songs a chance? You know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, I only listen to George Strait, only Alan Jackson, like all this Mm -hmm. new stuff Miss me with it. What would you tell them?
1: give people a chance live. Like if you watch some of these guys play live sets or if you go see them, like, you know, in person, it's going to sound a lot different than what they're putting out, you know, what they're trying to achieve mainstream success on with like radio and Spotify. Like, I know my songs are very, very pop country, but like when we play live shows, like we don't use a whole lot of tracks, if any, on certain songs and use kind of like, I love having a band with like super high energy and just kind of like letting it rip and you know you know i i've been to festivals where people are like you know i don't care about seeing that person or i'm gonna not i don't want to go watch whatever people's live energy man they can kill it and if you're just judging them off like one or two songs like live is a whole different beast for some people like some people really just that's their moment they thrive in that and whether or not the recordings is you know what you deal with or not like sometimes people like the songs that you thought you didn't like you hear it live and you're like oh that was a lot different than what I heard that was two minutes and 45 seconds trying to impress someone on Spotify you know
2: yeah I I agree with that for sure there's so many artists that I've you know not really been a fan of listening to and then see them live and it just changes Mm -hmm. everything
0: yeah Yeah. I mean even guys that I do like songs that I might have like passed over the first time and I hear it live and it just changes it for me
1: Yep. And then suddenly you're like, I like this song now. And you're like, oh, you yeah. have a different appreciation <laughs> yeah. for it, you know?
0: Well, I have to say, um, hard to forget is, is one of those that I've been, you know, saying on the podcast lately. It's like my guilty pleasure song, I guess. Like, you know, it's, it's overproduced, but I love it.
1: So i got a funny story about that. My Please. brother is very, very big Sam Hunt fan, but like, he's very hardlined. If he don't like something, I don't like, whatever. Hard to forget they just dropped like an acoustic version a week or two ago. And he's like, and it's, you know, it doesn't have the web pierce sample of the, like, that's (laughs) not in there. It's just like a little acoustic riff or something. He's like, this version is so much better than the album version. And I think the album version slaps. I'm like, you see, that's that's his version, whatever. That's what he listens to when he's driving. And then when I got mine, we're listening to the full-on production version. Cause I'm like, that melody's hot. You get some, you get Alan Jackson or someone playing that in the nineties you just take away like the 808 hits and no sample that song's country as hell
0: oh yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. if you hear it acoustic it's just like oh man like that is a country song and then you hear the produced version mm-hmm. of it and you're like wow but I'm, i'll be on i still love that song i don't care yeah <laughs> i'll stand I'm by, by your pointer, dude
1: what do you guys like to listen to
0: i love texas country i've been absorbed mm-hmm. into the texas culture so cody johnson um not from texas uh I bloodline and, i love uh,
1: muscadine yeah, yeah
0: riley green real big on him um mm-hmm. colby cooper that's probably my favorite right now do you
1: like yeah. randall king
0: randall king love randall, yeah, king. randall oh yeah cool. good. yeah
1: i'm like dabbling in it a little bit but like there's not enough hours in the day to a like work on music do stuff and like discover all the new music and like yeah texas country is one of those things where say every couple months i find a new artist i'm like oh i dig this and then like it just kind of eventually gets on top of the shuffle at some point, And then it, I don't know. I think it's really cool though. Yeah, for sure.
2: So you kind of mentioned, um, when you were in college, like that's when you were starting to learn, did you like play live shows down in Cincinnati I, at
1: all? Or I played people probably would have thought I was crazy back in the day. I played three live shows before I up and moved to Nashville. Really. Um, So I had a, I'll I'll use air quotes if you're listening on a podcast, you can't hear it. I had a band um, that was really me and one of the kids I went to Ohio Dominican with. And I put up two acoustic demos on Pure Volume, if you guys remember that website at all. And somehow he found it and was like, let's write songs together. So it was a three piece. It was me playing acoustic. He played lead. We didn't have a bass player And we met a drummer (laughs) and we played two full band shows and I played one acoustic show and I just got the itch. I was like, I graduated and we actually did more recording. We put out two EPs and then I did one that I self-recorded by myself using like drum tracks and logic and stuff. Um, So we released as many EPs as we played shows. Um, And I kind of moved down thinking like, I'm going to move for the summer if I don't like it, I'll go back home and take a teaching job in Ohio. And I'll do it on, you know, what the world says I'm supposed to do. And if I love it, um, we'll see what happens and we'll see how it shakes out. And if I was there for two weeks and I was like, there's no way I'm coming back to Ohio. Like, <laughs> love you guys. This is yeah. this is a totally different animal.
0: Well, I, th- I I think they should adopt it as like the state slogan, but Ohio is meant to be left. Like it's a great <laughs> place to grow up. I say that verbatim,
1: dude. I tell that to people verbatim. I loved growing up there 23. Not for me anymore. It's Mm -hmm. great. I can go home on a Friday, Saturday, drive home Sunday and have experienced everything I need to in Cincinnati and not miss it for like two months.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing my script Ohio shirt. I literally have an Ohio tattoo on me. Got a bunch of Ohio stuff. Um, but boy, Texas really kicks crap out of it. Yeah, no, dude. What part of Texas do you live in? Uh, so I actually just moved up to Fort Worth uh, two days ago. Okay. Now we were down in Austin uh, for the past couple of years.
1: Nice. And then does uh, Hunter live down there too?
2: I live in Columbus. So oh,
1: okay, cool. What part of Columbus yep.
2: do you live in? Uh, up in Powell. Cool. North nice. side. Oh, but he nice. will be down in DFW soon enough. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Sure hey, will be. have you ever been
1: to Have you ever been to Bristol Republic?
2: Yeah, I have.
1: Yeah. Have you seen any like of the smaller guys come
2: through there yet? No, I haven't. Um, I've only been there like twice, but yeah, but it yeah it's a pretty cool Friday, place. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, CMA,
0: Fe- or not CMA Fest, but you mentioned festivals before, and um, <clears throat> I've seen that you've performed at CMA Fest, um, and I'm not the one who's been to it. Hunter's actually been to it. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, dude, CMA Fest was always a mess in, like, the most beautiful way. I really missed it this year.
2: <laughs> so when you first moved to Nashville, like, where did you start playing, or how did that go? Uh,
1: the very first place I ever played was this bar called Blue Bar, and it's been shut down now for two years. And it's, it's right across the street from winners and losers, and mm-hmm. it still has yet to be sold and bought and turned into something else. And it's just huh. kind of like this empty parking lot. But um, that was the first place I ever got to play. They had an open mic night. And it's funny because I played – the first night I played, there was like two or three signed writers in the room that I kind of knew were there. And I was so nervous that I totally forgot the first (laughs) verse, whatever my first song was. And they were out the door within probably that first round being done. And I was like, oh, my God
0: but but, uh, it, but that happens to the best of people. Cause I was watching a uh, Cody Johnson live stream and he forgot mm-hmm. the lyrics like five or six times.
1: Yeah. It happens right so up. much. Mm-hmm. Like between the amount of songs, like, like take him, for example, he probably writes like a hundred songs within a given year, you know, year after year, it all kinds of starts to blend. Like if you're not playing that song live on a regular basis, it's always like, wait, what comes next? And <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. That's a curse. We all struggle with it at some point.
0: And um, specifically during CMA Fest, where did you, like what stages
1: did you get to perform at? Kind of like, what was that like? Oh, uh, the outdoor stuff. Not like it. None of the, none of the cool ones, you know, <laughs> like the early, like 12 <laughs> o'clock stuff where it's just like the day is getting warmed up and we're just going to like throw you over here real quick.
2: That's the best um, stuff though. That's when you, that's dude, what I like. I like to see. all those well, Especially
1: people. when it's like super small group and it's like, Assuming, you know, like if someone got big and you're like, I saw them and there was like 25 people yeah. and there weren't any seats and we were all just standing around like that stuff's fun. Yeah, that was I that was s-
0: probably Laney Wilson for you, right?
2: At uh, The time? Uh, Dude, she's Last awesome. year I saw her real early. But like years ago I saw Luke Combs for $5 at the fair here. Like, so yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. One of the times I get so mad is I went to Miami, Ohio my last two years so we had a huge bar where like all the dudes like as they were getting signed or like on their first album cycles would come through so like yeah. i saw florida georgia line i bought tickets before cruise uh cruise blew up and you would like it sold out like probably as soon as that song dropped, like whatever tickets were left were gone and it was one of the most crazy concerts like i saw jake owen there lee bryce Thomas Rhett came through. That was a $5 ticket. He used to come every year before I even uh, moved there. But, like, oh, that's – those college towns. Like, I think there's a place in Oxford, um, Mississippi, too, and those shows just are rowdy. I was so blacked out for the Lee Rice concert that I was (laughs) at, like – well, those are good times <laughs> that that Florida
0: Georgia line tour I bet you that was the same year they came through BG also because there's no way they would have come back
1: to it was you know, it green, was Ohio. Um, yeah, fall of 2012 I want to say that, that was about right
2: yeah
1: it was the first concert I went to there and like I remember moving into college was my junior year and that song was blowing up so it had to have been then um great okay. shows well let's let's talk about you know some of the
0: some of the things that you've done uh, more in depth, specifically, you're a John Lennon award winner. Yes. John Lennon songwriting award winner. Um, that's yeah. pretty legit. So like, take us through that day. What was it like when you found out that like you were the guy? So
1: to be completely honest, I was actually, I was like down in the dumps that day. Um, so I had a bachelor party I was on. It was like February 28th and 29th. And we were in Miami. So I was like, I go down for the Key West and Key Largo Songwriter Festival every year. And I was like, well, if I'm already gonna be in Miami, it's like a 30 minute drive. I'm gonna go try and book a bunch of acoustic shows from Monday to to Saturday, then fly home the next Sunday. Well, my butt got so sick from the airport or something. I got like one of the worst bouts of flu I ever had, right? So I'm like bedridden on this bachelor party trip. For one of my best friends, I'm in the wedding there was Saturday night. Like I literally couldn't even make it out. Oh. And I was just like, I was like, I can't even walk hardly. And so everyone left and I'm starting to feel just a smidge better. So I drive to Key Largo and um, it just started getting worse again. And I called uh, my girlfriend and I was like, I, I gotta come home. Like I-, I can't do this. This is going to be awful. So I, got some uh friends to cover the rest of the shows and i woke up the next morning started driving an hour and a half back up to miami to fly and i just got the email at like eight o'clock in the morning and like it kind of like i ain't gonna lie i started kind of like crying i pulled off to the side of the road went to a little gas station because i was just like it was i mean it's just really cool for a song that you believe in um to get kind of validated by someone else. Cause like in Nashville it's just like all you hear is no. And I was like, this is like a really cool yes. I'm like, plus like I want a lot of studio gear and like a bunch of stuff that I'm gonna get to use and play with. But I was just kind of like it was just a nice like sense of validation for something that like, you know, a lot of times it's always kind of like, oh that's cool, but like what's next or call us back when you got something else or da 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 and I was like, I don't know. It was just really cool and um it almost i just found out actually two days ago it uh so after you win it for your genre so i won it for the country uh genre they do all 10 genres and uh it almost won song of the year it lost to a a really cool reggae song actually hmm. but um yeah so they won the 20 grand but i'm still like super pumped and happy about it
0: yeah that's super cool and i mean like you talked about getting emotional, like you have to, like you, you put some work into that. I mean, it means you care, care, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, you you can sniff out like who really gives a shit, who cares and who doesn't, you know? And yeah, I was, I was at a point where honestly before quarantine, I was like kind of like working myself like into the ground and I was just kind of like constantly running on fumes. And that was kind of like, I don't want to say like I felt like I was bottoming out, but I was just like really losing steam and just kind of like, you know, I need something like to kind of go your way. Like I just canceled a week of shows I just don't feel good about myself. And, you know, like I had a bunch of meetings and nothing really came of it all. And then it was just, it was nice. It kind of started a nice little upward tick in like my overall happiness and finding better balance and stuff with music and life. Well, that's interesting
0: because a lot of people said that quarantine's like ruining everything they got.
1: It's it's different for everyone, but man, like I found like a nice little balance. Out. It really stinks, you know, like not playing shows, and it's definitely changed writing and not writing as much. However, I've gotten kind of lucky. I got a handful of places where I've been playing outdoor shows where it hasn't been so bad. Like I play at a Harley Davidson car dealership every saturday and we play full band and like the bikers kind of go on their morning bikes they come to the dealership they hang out they listen to music it's not too packed everyone kind of enjoys themselves we play from 12 to 4 and then we're done and then you just kind of do it once a week and it's nice but then you're also still trying to figure out like what else you got to do to make money but i will say i like overall i'm like Really happy not being in bars till like 3 a.m. and then packing yeah. up and like driving home, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: So the song that won you that award's called "Make a Hometown," right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I guess what's the story behind that song, or how'd you write it?
1: So um, I wrote it with my buddies Aaron Patrick and AJ Cross, and my initial idea for it was it sounds so awful in retrospect was um, I kind of wanted it to feel more like a baby making song where it's like, <laughs> you know, like we're going to get, like, I'm going to love you. Right. We're going to get hitched we're going to have a baby and plant roots and that's how you make a hometown right? emphasis on like that. Mm, and we're going to do it, whatever kind of stuff, like that kind of vibes. And then they're like, kind of got shot down really quick, but they love the idea of, you know, like, well, what all goes into that? And it, it actually turned into be like this, like super relatable, straight from the heart kind of story. Um, like, you know, like, you know, everyone kind of leaves or makes that at least the big decision of this is where I'm going to be. Like, so for me, that was like, you know, same thing for you, saying peace out Cincinnati, Ohio, you've been great, but you know, I'm going to go here. And even if you choose to stay in your hometown or stay in your state, whatever, like that's still a big decision and only you can make it. So, you know, whether you go, whether you stay, whether you do whatever, that's kind of like one of those moments where it's just like you're moving on up. You're like, okay, well I'm buying a house or I'm living on this side of town and like just leaving where you grew up basically, if that makes sense. But we actually, it took two days to write it. And the original version had a different bridge and a different third chorus. And we rewrote it probably two weeks later. And I was in a really pissy mood that day and I did not want to do it and credit to my buddy Aaron he was just like dude we can't just flip the chorus on this one that's exactly what everyone else is going to do da, 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 da. so we rewrote the entire back half of that song and uh without that i don't think the lyrics were nearly as good and the bridge goes like you know um leave uh, leave that apartment and grab a mortgage sign your name 30 years flies by and every road becomes memory lane that line is probably like my favorite line i've ever written and i didn't even want to write it that day he literally had to pull it out of me and he was like this song deserves better we're gonna like do it and i was so mad at him that i was just i was like wanting to leave the session so bad i'm like i'm just gonna get through this listen to him all right if i don't like it i'll just sing something better later and he got it out of me and it made a world of difference
0: that's super cool i i yeah, love yeah. hearing the stories especially when what it was supposed to be i mean compare compared, compared oh, it to what, it is a, now what i what listen it's supposed to the to
1: be. old but, what i listen to i do it every once in a while just to like see like you're listening through demos and stuff and it'll pop up and i'm like thank god we changed those lyrics because my god it's like not even the same song with like some of like the most key parts not in there anymore <laughs>
0: um so i saw in your story not too long ago um that there's new music right around the corner so tell everybody what you know what can we expect what's what's upcoming
1: um definitely more pop country i can say that safe to say um so i've done five songs during quarantine that we've recorded um four of which are done so two of them are out now which is bad at goodbye Roll with it was not like a new recording. We did a demo of it in like two thousand sixteen and I just put the demo on Spotify way back when and we still play it in live shows. It's probably like my most well known song when I go back to Ohio. So I was like, well screw it. We got the original tracks and drums. Let's just re-record the guitars, re-record the vocals, add all the steel and stuff. So we did that. That was very easy. And then uh, we got two more done. We haven't even announced it yet, but I'm about to. There's a song called Slow Down, which is probably the poppiest of pop country that I've done so far, which whatever it is what it is. (laughs) Breaking Um, news here on the podcast too. Breaking news, ages doing pop country. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then tomorrow morning uh, at 9 a.m., we're going in and we're finishing the last one, which is called I Know You Wanna but I might change that tonight. I'm going to make some final lyric revisions and what's the other one? It's already been recorded. Oh, another one called Man and Romance. And that's my baby making song. So be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, I went a little definitely more pop in this direction last year, like the whole make a hometown EP, we completely live recorded it. Didn't use tracks. Um, so I kind of got the live band organic feel. And then we kind of was like, well, what if we really kind of popify this? Cause I think that's where my voice lends itself better to a little bit. And honestly, I think it'll all shake out and it'll be like somewhere like right in the middle, which is pretty much how like the live show sounds in all honesty.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, like you're, you lean into it because that's your sound. Like that's your thing. Yeah. Right? I respect
1: and that. I love, I love it. I can And, and you know, like I kind of went through those phases of, you know, I I play on Broadway a lot and I know all the old country songs and like, and I can play them and I can play them pretty darn well. But like at the same point in time, like that's just, that's, that's not where I thrive. And that's not like when people are like, Oh my God, you sang Chattahoochee so well. Like that doesn't (laughs) happen. It's like, I love when you sang X, Y, Z or like, You know, like if I'm playing acoustic in a bar and someone wants to hear like a Brett Young song or something like, like no, no shame. I love playing Tequila by Dana Shea. It fits my voice very well. I take it down a whole step because I'm not Shea Mooney. My voice doesn't (laughs) go quite that high, but you know, girls like it. And I think it's, you know, where it's where my voice kind of lives more. So, you know, like I'm not like down in the holler. I'm not, you know big Southern trying nothing. So I I think that's what works for me right now. Well, since since we got time for this, I do have to ask,
0: um, you you just mentioned that you recorded a demo for a song in Mm -hmm. 2016 and here we are four years later, Mm -hmm. it's now being cut how the hell do you sit on a song for like, how, how do you keep that in you for four years? I, I know artists do it all the, the time.
1: It's the same like- way you keep all the other ones that we write and never, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you. I guess you, I don't know. You kind of get used to it. Like there's, you kind of know when a song's like meant for you or you're like, this, this needs to be put out and this needs to be me. Like I, there's a lot of really good, well-written songs that I've been a part of or either other people that they have put out or that they're trying to get cut by other artists. And I'm like, you know, if I did that, like that, that's not me. Like, I don't, I don't know if y'all ever heard of a dude named Nick DeLeo, but like, he is a country, like you put country, like he looks like Paul Bunyan is the best way to put it. Like he's out <laughs> building Dexter in quarantine, big, bald, shiny hair, or big, bald, shiny head with like the most luscious lumberjack kind of beard. And I've wrote some killer songs with him and they're not me songs. I'm just there to kind of help him craft it his way. And I bring whatever I bring to the table that works for us writing together or, you know, a bunch of other artists. But like, um, man, like, as you spend more time kind of like recording and stuff, you, you kind of figure out like, this is what goes into my vein and this is what doesn't this is what works for me or this is what my show is missing. And for the longest time I was kind of missing those like songs that are like, you know, Chris Laney or like, you know, like the songs that I don't want to say pandering to girls, but like I struggled to write songs that were authentic of like me being happy in a relationship or me being, you know, in love with someone. And I don't write those as well or as easy as a, a lot of guys. And when you kind of write that one, you're kind of like, that was special to me. Like the man in romance song that's coming out this year started because I made a joke to my girlfriend and said, Oh, come on. Like, you know, I put the man in romance and then like three weeks later I ended up (laughs) writing that song. I like wrote it down real quick. I was like, I don't write those kind of songs very well. So I was super happy about that. I'm like, this is my version of that kind of song that comes from me. That is authentic for me as opposed to me being like, you're the girl in the world and da 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 and then here's the hook that we think is cool and just being like okay and that that doesn't have like a heart to it you know Mm -hmm. so i guess that's what kind of separates like if you sing that song and it comes from you and it comes from the heart and you're conveying the emotion and people are feeling it then you're kind of talking like this is a song that i might cut this is a song that i might do you know
0: well that's super cool and Man, thanks for hanging out with us today. A uh, lot of wow, good stuff on here. You. But yeah, before we thanks. get out of here, um, I'm gonna give you another chance. Let everybody know where they can find you, social media, where they can stream, and maybe one more time, plug some of that new music coming up.
1: Yeah, um, the 28 EP hasn't. Yeah, that's the name of it. It's 28. It's NASCAR themed. I'm calling it Fast Car to get away with you know all the loopholes of legalities and copyright. <laughs> so it's it's me in a NASCAR suit basically and. Yeah, uh, one song's coming at the end of August. One at the end of September, and one at the end of October. So yeah, that whole thing will be out at the end of October. Everywhere it's just AJ Gadio, G A T I O. If you start typing in AJGA, my name's gonna come up on it. Gadio's not a very <laughs> you know big last name, so
0: well thanks again for hanging out with us today uh super cool really excited for everybody to hear this and uh we'll have to get you back on again soon once everything's out
1: yeah i can't wait dude and you know maybe we'll be playing shows and stuff <laughs> oh yeah, for, yeah fingers crossed yeah, for we'll, you man
2: <laughs> we'll definitely have to catch you next time we're in nashville or where yeah. yeah
1: i mean yeah. dude i might be up at bristol at some point before the okay. end of the year so okay Never well anymore. there
0: it is all right. yeah well thanks aj we'll talk thanks, to you soon all right yep thanks yeah see you guys
1: see ya. see ya.